0: regardless of what's going on with Brian and NACA, it's about those kids lives that are impacted every day they come either to the camp or to the college.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee conservative. Today I'm joined by John Ballinger and John has a ton of experience in the legal, insurance, and compliance world, and he helps nonprofits, universities, and companies navigate that complexity, which is what led him uh, to being called in by the National Association of Christian Athletes, of which he now serves as president, to unwind some very complex things that happened. That were detrimental to that organization and it happened through a relationship with Brian College and we're going to explore that today. Uh, recently a large report came out that shed a lot of light on this situation which had previously uh, not come into public view to the degree that it has and I'm glad to have John here uh, to talk about this very important issue that's close uh, to Chattanooga where we're based but is also an issue uh, for those that have been in this camp and uh, who have ties to Bryan College as well. John, thank you for coming on the program to talk about this issue. Brandon, I appreciate your time in allowing uh,
0: me to continue educating the uh, average consumer about what's going on between these two organizations, which a lot of people in this area have ties to one or
1: other or both. Well, talk a little bit about uh, exactly what the National Association of Christian Athletes does and did just so people understand what it is where it's placed the assets it owns and what its mission continues to be
0: so uh, approximately 40 years ago uh, Mike and Naomi Crane started a camp up in Dayton Tennessee on the mountain and it was Fort Bluff camp and they also began doing national sporting events up there because it's large gymnasium soccer fields football fields and so the organization became National Association of Christian Athletes doing business as Fort Bluff. Does summer camps for kids and a national association uh, tournaments of all kinds, basketball, football, soccer, for Christian schools throughout the United States. And this year, 26 states were represented in national tournaments at the camp. Some eleven to 15,000 kids flow through the camp every year in one capacity as, as a camper
1: or as an athlete. Good. So that's a good summary. So, my grandmother used to have a saying: "Something stinks to high heaven." And uh, when I read that story about what transpired between Brian College and this organization, that's what it sounded like. Because some of this stuff does not make any logical sense to someone that that understands anything about nonprofits, which I've worked at, or businesses, which I consult and coach, um, and so. Talk to me a little bit about um, there are a lot of details that we can uncover and, and look at, but in an abbreviated fashion, take us up to the point in time where a million dollar deal was cut between Brian College and the Cranes, who resigned after sexual abuse allegations were later substantiated and adjudicated there were resignations on the board about this deal and other items, uh, one of which was was Wayne Crop, who I have known personally for about 20 years now, who I respect. and I know that he loves Brian College. I know that he loves NACA, and for for somebody that I respect like that to leave a board, that's a big huge red flag. Talk about kind of you know how that deal put together well, was put together, the the tension it created between the two organizations and and the fallout.
0: Sure. So, uh, I'm going to preface my comment on that with letting the consumer know that in a nonprofit, no one ever owns it. So, when we talk about Mike and Naomi Crane being the founders of NACA in Fort Bluff, they were the founders, but the shareholders in a nonprofit are the people that actually donate, give to, or attend. That's the financial. You don't own a nonprofit. So, I want to make sure that we're clear on that. And the other thing about a nonprofit or nonprofit board, you should every year sign conflicts of interest statement that you're on a board. And if you are on another board, what that other board's mission is, and you shouldn't be conflicted in the dealings you do between boards of nonprofits. Very common, served on boards, understand that process. So when I was brought to NACA, we'll call it NACA for short in Fort Bluff, I clearly saw Collusion, conflicts of interest taking place between two boards, the legal uh, representation and the auditing and accounting representation for both organizations was one and the same. And for someone that is familiar with compliance and regulations and even directors and officers coverage, that was a red flag for me. And the fact that this took place with Mike and Naomi, it's in the newspaper, you can go read about what took place. Mike and Naomi, especially Naomi, Naomi, decided that she was going to, and I refer to the term as peddle the organization to someone to see who would give her the most in a retirement annuity for her and Mike so that they could have a retirement because they didn't have it. So she started going to local colleges and universities and saying, Here's, here we've got this asset, this property, has this kind of revenue, and we want to allow you to have oversight But in turn, we want a golden parachute, so to speak. And so that's how that $1.4 million golden parachute was created, is there were three contracts that were signed by Bryan College in order to have control of the organization that Mike and Naomi founded.
1: So if you are a Christian college, and if people have, use children in some manner. Is it wise? Does it look good to do financially, just to do financially anything in those situations, especially with the mission of the nonprofit to be to help kids? It seems like you would distance yourself from something that had such poor optics and probably reality. Well,
0: that's a, that's a good question that I would ask a representative of Bryan College is, you know, what, what optics were you looking through? What I do know is that the way that the deals were put together, it were to get the cranes out of Tennessee and completely away. And so part of the monies that were indebtedness that caused the issue was the purchase of a home for them in South Carolina and the annuity that was paid to them that were being paid. It wasn't be paid out of Bryan College's money. It was coming out of NACA's money that was negotiated on behalf of the Bryant College board,
1: which became the NACA board. So when I read that article, one thing that stood up to me, the first thing that, that stood out to me is like, why, you know, usually if you get caught in some kind of wrongdoing, you don't have a whole lot of leverage to go create deals, especially with Christian organizations and probably maybe in, in business, fine. Uh, usually, typically, Christian nonprofits, that's something that you, you would not touch. And that's probably part of what led to, to resignations on the board, would be my guess. It just it did not look, feel correct. Um, the other thing that stood out to me of interest in this story was the, the fact that it, it seems that the camp had somewhere around a million dollars in liabilities, but the, the assets were somewhere around six to seven million dollars in valuation. Is that correct? That's correct. So obviously, from a business standpoint, when you look at an
0: organization, and let's just take the nonprofit brand and set it aside, because it confuses people when I, when I talk about assets and values and things like that. But let's assume that you have $7 million in assets in your business or property. So in this case, it was land and 26 structures, plus vehicles and uh, equipment and you know, appliances and all these things, a furniture inside the twenty-six. It really was probably approaching
1: eight million dollars in total assets, besides the property at seven million dollars. And that doesn't count. I mean, when you sell a property or even nonprofit, whatever it is, you've got the property, plant, and equipment, but you also have the the revenue generating aspects, which are often worth more money than the physical assets themselves. Although that's nothing to sneeze at.
0: Right. So when I evaluated it from a financial standpoint, I thought, well, if you've got eight million in assets and nine hundred thousand in liability, that's a good day for a business owner. You know, you're you're in pretty good financial position. And this nine hundred thousand dollars that was owed was on a line of credit that had been taken out after Brian College took oversight of the organization.
1: If you could go to tennesseeconservativenews.com and click that support button. We will send you two proud tennessee conservative bumper stickers we need your grassroots support here guys i kid you not i do this out of my back pocket out of a mission that i believe god has called me to do in tennessee to keep us free but it's expensive and every little bit helps we'll send you this we'll also send you a directory i can see shane reeves name right here at the bottom of the page he probably needs to get a call uh he's out of line with his constituency we got a directory of all your state senators your state reps and the governor's office and finally you will get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler, and you can put uh, you can put Schlitz in here, and and it comes out a very fine, well-crafted hoppy IPA. It has magical properties for turning really bad beer into really great beer. Uh, you can actually you know pick up old nasty creek water when it hasn't rained for a while. You put it in here, comes out crystal clear. I don't know how they do it, but they do it uh it's it can also be used as a jack stand if you're on the side of the highway and you got trouble with your car this thing will support up to uh i think 15 metric tons of weight uh i'm not sure that i can substantiate any of these claims uh and this may be what we call satire but when you give 50 dollars or more or you make a recurring donation we'll send you this puppy and we really do appreciate your support or you can also go to uh <laughs> let's go and uh get your let's go brandon hat so in that line of credit, where, what what money was, I mean, what was owed? I mean, if you had to categorize the $900,000, I mean, what was it? Was any of that the golden parachute money? Was it something different? So it was the home down in
0: South Carolina that was purchased. It was golden parachute money. So if an organization doesn't have in their budget monies to pay out every month to specific golden parachutes, then that's money that's excess of the normal budgeting process. So you have the issue with Mike being uh, convicted. The word gets out. They try to keep it as calm as possible so it doesn't permeate throughout the Christian community and people still send their, their kids to the camp for tournaments and the camp. And so revenue kind of decreases. Brian comes in to take oversight and the operating expenses start outpacing revenue coming in. So the line of credit comes in because they're having to pay not only the, 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 the disparity between revenue and expenses, but they've also paid for the house and they've got to pay for the golden parachute.
1: Okay. So you got a, a camp that was doing pretty well, but because of scandal wasn't doing as well. And then it sounds like in addition, a deal that likely should not have ever been cut and probably poor management. Because even if somebody, in my experience in an organization, even if somebody does something untoward or awful, Uh, if they've built up an organization to a certain size, typically they're doing something right, at least from a uh, processes and management standpoint. And if that person steps out and there's mismanagement or lack of leadership, organizations typically don't do as well. So if you've got a combination of, of scandal and mismanagement or Bryan College is looking at this thing as something that is peripheral and they're not really focusing, they're focused on tuition and enrollment at Bryan College The camp gets mismanaged. The revenues, because of the situation, change, and they've indebted the organization for the golden parachute in the house. But then the camp was sold to Bryan College for one dollar. Okay, if something is worth six to seven to eight million dollars, and if it's only got nine hundred thousand dollars in liabilities. And then there's a bunch of deals cut and something is sold for a dollar. Then Brian college charges that organization, $10,000 a month rent for something it just bought for a dollar, which it probably should not number one, buy it for a (laughs) dollar number two, because it just doesn't seem right. And number two, to then charge that organization to rent the asset it just bought for a dollar. That's actually probably worth if you, 6 to $5 million, even if you're being conservative, once you pay off the liabilities. How the heck does that happen? Yeah. So
0: you've been on boards. I've been on boards. The Tennessee uh, state and most states say that a board member has a primary responsibility, and that's to be a fiduciary for that nonprofit, which means you have to be concerned about how the money that comes in from the shareholders is spent in order for the nonprofit to fulfill its mission. And So when you have commingled boards with commingled executives from both organizations, because you got to remember that the president of the college was the chairman of the board for the NACA, and the president of NACA was the controller for the college. And then you had the board members outside of that. So you had executives, chairman, and board members that were commingled, and then you had legal and accounting that were both organizations. And on nonprofit boards, each year you're supposed to sign what's called conflicts of interest statement that explain that you can't have close tie or in a way a good friend of mine is like if you've got two hands and you're independent of one another, but now you're like this, something's wrong because that's not what it's supposed to be. So
1: make So if you're supposed to be on a board, and you're supposed to have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that the mission of an organization gets carried out. It would seem to me that making deals that are unethical for folks that have done things untoward to children, and then letting the the nonprofit not be managed properly, and then to, Sell the nonprofit's assets to another nonprofit and and then for a dollar be like if if I were like somebody passed away and i'm I'm the fiduciary i guess the the ward of a couple of of children that are good friends of mine and be like if anything ever happens Brandon you manage the money i've I've got you know we don't want you keeping the kid okay we <laughs> we want you to manage the money and uh I would never sell all the kids stuff and, and, their, and their inheritance for a dollar if I were in charge of managing that for their, their good benefit and then charge them $10,000. Or, you know, does not make any sense? It's, this doesn't seem like that's what you should do if you're looking out for the interests of a nonprofit.
0: No, I, I agree. And, and it's like I said, it's, so it's like having a home that I own that I allow a roommate to come into and live and then through the process of our being roommates, he sells my home unknown to me for, for his own profit and then turns around and says, hey, if you want to stay there, sign this, sign this lease and I'll rent your home to you. And I'm sitting there like, what just happened? Which is exactly what happened when Dr. Coddington, who was the board chairman who was assigned that post when the president of the college resigned due to conflict of interest. Dr. Coddington called me, and he said, "This was the exact word, friend. He said, John, something happened here, and we're not quite sure what it is, but would you come and take a look at it?
1: Well, what, I'm not an expert in this. I, this is not sworn testimony. I don't know if all this stuff is completely accurate. I'm just asking questions based upon the story I read in one of our liberal broadsheets, which I can't believe they even wrote the story i mean that doesn't seem like something they do i think the only reason they probably wrote it's because it's a conflict between two christian organizations and they like that because they're not very pro-faith or pro, pro-christian um because it's you know that runs against secularism and everything else they try to promote over there but the fact that it, that it even got light of day is amazing to me um uh, the so what happens next for naca i mean just the outside looking in doesn't look right doesn't smell right um uh, what happens next? Where are y'all in the process?
0: Well, so we're, we're at the point where we're appealing the court's ruling because we feel like that the courts have never really heard our case. They, the, the whole process has been hung up on the lease agreement that was made by the president of the, the college. I mean, the, pre, the, the controller of the college, who was the president of the nonprofit, and the chairman of the board for the nonprofit who was the president of the college. They, they created a lease agreement and the lease agreement that they created that the original, that was originally seen by the board for the nonprofit and the one that was executed are not the same lease. So th- this thing goes deep, it goes down hills and valleys and turns and tunnels. But the reality is, is trying to imagine, like I said, owning a house, letting a roommate move in, him selling the house, and then coming back to you and said, do you want to rent it from me for, for like three times more than what the house payment was? And I'll let you stay here. You know, And when you think about that, and then what we've had to overcome as an organization to continue to stay in business as we fought these legal battles locally in Ray County, and we've lost because they say it's the four corners of the lease that matter, and we don't disagree that the four corners of the lease matter as long as it's the correct lease that was presented to the board and not another lease a day later. But we also want to be heard. It's like we want to, the court to hear about what you and I've talked about—the conflicts of interest, things that, like your grandma said, that just plain smells it stinks. Something's not right. We want to. We want the. We want a jury of our peers to hear that. And say you tell us whether it was right or not. And so we've got a Court of Appeals in Knoxville, and we're going to continue operating the camp. Uh, There'll be uh, hundreds of athletes up there in September and October for soccer and volleyball, because at the end of the day, regardless of what's going on with Brian and NACA, it's about those kids' lives that are impacted every day they come, either to the camp or to the college. And I've said that from day one. Let's work this out so that it benefits the kids that are going to that college and the kids that are going to that camp, because those kids at that camp may someday be attending that college.
1: Makes sense. It is an intriguing story. It would not be the first time that uh, higher education and nonprofits did something a little wacky doodle. I mean, it's not like the, the press is not you know replete with, with these inner workings that uh, machinations that eventually when they come to light you're like that doesn't look quite right so uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on to to kind of flesh out some more details above and beyond what uh, has been in the press so far Uh, we'll get it out to our listenership and uh, we wish you and Brian College and NACA the best in finding some kind of amicable resolution and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to further explain it to our watchers and our listeners. Brandon thanks for the time I really appreciate you. All right, guys, take care. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you're from Ray County, you probably found this very interesting. If you have a connection to either of the two organizations, uh, when you watch this, leave a, leave a few comments in the comment section. Let us know what you think about the story. And if you got anybody that you know that's involved, that's an alumni, or that has a, has a close tie to the camp by all means to share this with them, maybe they know something. Who knows? Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative. Until next time, signing off.